welcome to the first episode of You're Going to Regret That. I'm pretty sure that we're going to say something that's fucked up that we are going to regret later on or that our families are going to say, why did you say that? So I'm joined with partner in crime, Simon White. Simon, thank you for joining. Thank you for being part of this. I appreciate you going on this journey with me. Yeah, thanks, man. You and I have had these conversations for 25 plus years. Uh, we should have been recording these for many of those years. We have had so many we can fix the world conversations <laughs> over, over over many different uh, scenarios, tattooing, drinking, oh. hanging out, driving bikes, fixing oh. bikes, sitting in the rain, all the different aspects of our lives. Uh, and we are now have somehow finally found the space to be able to record these and hopefully we'll find it without any regrets that we don't uh, yeah. f- firmly feet in mouth kind of comments, but <laughs> we, we have to, we have to be able to say the things that often we can't say in public spaces, but hopefully that this podcast could give us a, a scenario where people would want to cancel us and that would be great um, so. because it means we're making a difference. We, 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 we have something to say that other people think we should shut up yeah. and or other people think might think it's important. I think I think the world is is upside down at the moment. Um, I, I was listening to a discussion on NPR today, and the discussion was about woke culture versus the woke movement from the thirties or the twenties and the thirties, um, and the idea around it was. You know, you were hip to what was going on. And it, it, it developed around jazz musicians. And like most things, most terms of enlightenment, it happens around drugs and, and alcohol and music and creativity. And the original idea came from that. I thought to myself when, when the explanation was going through, okay, so I've been woke all along. I've I've been paying attention to what was going on around me and how the world was changing and how I interacted with the world and processed that world and being very mindful not to be a drag on the progress. Now we've got a different scenario where you get cancelled for saying what's on your mind. But if you don't say what's on your mind, then you don't get the opportunity to move the public discourse forward. There's no conversation. There's no interaction. The minute I say something that somebody else don't like, immediately I am ab- I'm I'm the the personification of aberrant behavior, and therefore I must be cancelled. The world has really become a place where they want to wrap everything in bubble wrap. Yeah. You know, and it's not it's not possible to do that. You you have to you have to live in a world where you constantly like a Gen Xer or a Boomer. You put your hand on the plate to feel if it's hot. Even though you know that the fucking thing is turned on, yeah, yeah. how hot is it? Oh, and no, it's not that hot. It's not how that hot can be? Okay, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but nobody wants to do that anymore. Nobody yeah. wants to touch the fucking plate to check to see mm. how hot it is. Yeah, I just think that we need to talk more about the about the stuff that's going on around us, as opposed to to put it in a, di- a different way. I don't like it when people say, "Oh, you're welcome here, but we don't talk about religion or politics." Those are two of the most fucking interesting things to argue about. Why would you not want to talk about it? Because it gives me an idea of what the other person is all about. Yeah. You know, it, it, it sets the tone for what that means when that person tells me 
I don't like the president. I would never know that that person feels that strongly about it because they're just quiet all the time. And I think a lot of the topics are like that. I don't think that we spend enough time challenging each other's position or each other's opinion. And half the time, people don't have an opinion on anything. Yeah, I think one of the problems that that I, that I've witnessed and and being at one of the uh, I'm I, I was I'm a boomer. I was born on the cusp, uh, so I am I'm the end of the boomers. I'm the last. Um, you know, we're a, we're a dying breed. Um, the problem with that that I perceive with the wrapping something up in bubble wrap is that if you don't pick at it and look at it and analyze it and talk about it, you just wrap it up in bubble wrap. It ends up festering and becoming mm. something else in that space. And when it's finally released, it can be the most abhorrent, horrible thing that comes out of that. But it started off as an idea which could have been talked out. Correct. Meanwhile, because you've cancelled that person, they've gone and got into a dark room and, and then they found other people to come into their dark room and then they come out uh, under a new flag and then, you know, where, where are we then? You know, and these people have spent time and they've, they've built up an army or they've built up a, an, a following mm. that we've, we, we could have cured or at least slowed down the process by having a conversation and we are not having these conversations in a safe space. We all we all being told that the world needs safe spaces and we need safe conversations. Mm. And you should be able to be able to say that you feel differently. Correct. You feel different. You see the world differently. And and, and you and I are a prime example. Um, we see lots of things differently, mm. but we agree that we see things differently, and we can take on board each other's opinion and vision. And and more often than not, you bend me to your view. But quite often, I'll drag you back to my side as well. <laughs> and, and we have the difference of the fact that even if we are completely on opposite ends of the spectrum, we can still find a common ground and find a common thread. And uh, whether it's religion, politics, or whatever those things that, that some of the other groups that we're in are not allowed to talk about, we, we do have those conversations. Yeah. And for us, we are able to measure those values and find them wanting if they're not sustainable or not valid to us uh, and sometimes we can find things within uh, some old situations where we find a new venue and a new understanding and a venue to have experiences and a new understanding of these experiences yeah um, I found as I've got older my spirituality has changed massively I'm, I'm quite aware of my space on this planet and the the creator or the observer who took time to make this planet happen mm. um i'm aware of that energy in and around me because i spend time in nature yeah and because i spend time in nature i have time to think mm. i have less noise i have less uh distractions and those distractions come on our phones we have so much information thrown at us 24 7 on our phones it's it's almost like if if i take a breath or, or you have you you have a a, a a speech or a conversation that you're having or you're reading something I'll pick up my phone and I'll go and look at my phone that's mm. just so wrong yeah. you know it's it's the the process of we need to be entertained 24/7 no we don't no we don't we need quiet time we need space to think which I found luckily in the mountains mm. um and and I'm I'm thriving on it it's it's changed my mindset it's changed my mindset on so many of my distractions um, and I've been able to put those distractions aside, uh, great. which is better for for me, for my family, for the world, because I'm not distracted. Yeah. Um, during um, 
during COVID times. I mean, they gave us extra data, they gave us extra distractions, the, the porn channels gave you free access to all the uh, uh, stuff that you had to usually pay for. Yeah. So we had free access to, to distractions. So instead of spending time concentrating on what was happening to the world around us, we were all distracted. Correct. You know, the, we, we were, we were lo- looking at the one puppet thinking this, one puppet saying this, and this other puppet saying that, and we were arguing over which puppet is, is, is correct. Mm. Meanwhile, it's the same guy with a hand up each puppet's ass. It's correct. the same guy. <laughs> correct. Um, and we're all arguing over which puppet in which top of the red top or the green top is best. Meanwhile, it's the same guy with the same puppets. Yeah. But that... Um but that brings me to a, a very important point. It's interesting that you mentioned distractions, number one. And number two, you mentioned um, porn. I had a discussion with somebody maybe four or five days ago. It was supposed to be a very short meeting with a client of mine. And I wasn't planning on spending that amount of time with him. But he's now, he's got three three sons. And he's met a very nice woman. And he and this woman want to get married and she's got two daughters we were having a conversation and somebody else joined us who made a comment about him because he was on his phone when he was talking to me but he was giving me details for someone else and this friend came up from behind him and the friend said to him hey whatever porn you're watching you know share it with me and it was a big giggle he then looked up and he said ah you know you you know where all my porn channels are and it was a maybe a minute banter back and forth about this which i didn't think much of in the moment because i was in my other headspace i had profiled this individual before i was now drawn to this other guy and i'm busy profiling this guy the things that he's saying why he's saying it he stands how how big are his movements in his upper quadrant and then i realized this conversation about porn is, is very interesting because whatever they're saying, there's 50% truth there. And it made me think about it when I was sitting in the car driving back to my office. What is my relationship with pornography? Not that I wanted to have this long, drawn-out introspection about it, but I think it's it's one of those things that men they have a relationship with but they don't ever talk about it when they talk about it they speak to their friends about it and they have this old boys club like locker room kind of discussion about it and when they are in a co-ed environment you'd swear to god that they never look at it unless there's one guy that wants to say well i look at it and he's really just a shock value of it you know, he wants to sell himself as the guy that doesn't give a fuck about yeah. it. But so he says, yeah, well, I, I watch porn. I go to different porn channels and he'll mention some porn channel names and everybody will laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Even the women would have that laugh about it because the men have set the tone for how funny this has got to be. What is your take on it? Because I know in the motorcycle club, we at one point had a discussion where we were like, you need to consider what your consumption is in relation to pornography if that's the man that you want to be and i did a little exercise where i looked at everything that i did how much is my my environment 
my world, my processing, how much is it influenced by pornography? Not maybe overtly that I'm looking at pornography, but how am I processing the world in a hypersexualized way, even in my subconscious? And I got to fucking tell you, it's a lot. There's a, it, it's a lot from the, the fucking carrot looking funny to someone walking in and the way the dress drapes her or how somebody else looks at someone else and immediately my consideration is that there is a sexual element to it as and i've i've asked this question and every person i speak to says yes whether it's male or female what's your take on it well i think the again like i said in the bridge that i carefully constructed for us here um <laughs> the it's a distraction you know we are we are giving agency to the voyeuristic side of our lives instead of the practical and the mm. application of these things. I think that a lot of kids don't understand the reality of sex, making love, etc. They have a very distorted view of it. Mm. Um, a, a, f a friend of a friend, uh, they have, a, a, I think he was about 15 or 16 year old son, and he'd, uh, him and his girlfriend had taken some photographs of each other or of themselves and forwarded them on to each other but their phones were backing up to the family cloud oh man so the parents were divorced uh, the father had never had the conversation with the son about the birds and the bees and all of those things the kids were like well we learned it at school we know the functionality of it yeah but you don't know the art of it the creativity what it means to be in love what it means to make love rather than just having sex and these kids had gone like well this is what we see on the social media because they have access to more porn now than we've had in our entire lives up until this point. Obviously, we also have access to it now. But if I look at back in my, my teen years and, and, and early 20s, you had to get a magazine. Mm. You got a shitty quality Betamax horrible movie that was torn White in the middle. and all over it. It was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but the thing is that that was all we had. These kids now have absolutely everything. Yeah. And it's not a, a realistic view of the world. You know, everything's clean, shaved, pretty, perfect. Everything is now getting nipped and tucked and tidied up. That's not what it looks like in real life. No, it's not. Um, and, and the thing is that this kid now, back to the poor kid and the mother that got to see the photographs of her son and her son's uh, girlfriend, they didn't understand that mm. this is not sexuality. This is pornography. Mm. And these kids were thinking they were having a sexual encounter. Meanwhile, they were just buying into the process of distraction. And these, and the, eventually when the, the, old, the dad was talking to me, you know, my job is I'm very much a therapist. So I spend yeah. a lot of time talking to people. Um, the dad was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to deal with this. I said, well, have you ever spoken to the son about love, about, you know, relationships about? He said, no, nothing. I said, well, then this is on you. This is mm. your fault. But also know that when when kids are posting photographs and it goes to the family group, you're going to see it. Yeah. But if you haven't had the conversations, the kids don't know any difference. They only know what comes from their peers. And the peers are also getting a distorted view because of religious versions, religious persecution of people that are perceived as um, uh, terrible people for what for looking at pornography and mm. blaming that. Mm. But But 
this poor man is now <laughs> having to have his city son down and this girl down and her parents oh, and say, listen, gosh. this is what happened. This is it's like, mm, you know, and it's quite scary. Uh, I think it is scary, but I think also we, we have to consider that times are changing. You know, our, I would like for things to stay exactly like it was when I was uh, eight or nine years old. Um, you know, I, I hark back to the days of, I, I, I love the 80s. Um, what I can remember of the 70s, I loved it. You know, every, almost every track, music, vinyl in my collection is from that time period because I don't believe any great music really came out after that. I've got maybe 70 90s hip hop albums. I don't go beyond that because there was nothing great after that. And I would love to stay in those areas, but I think we must have the conversations with these kids about what does sexuality mean for you? And is it, is it, has it become normative uh, across the board in your generation that uh, that is how you you look at it because in my parents day or my parents parents day you never got involved with anybody unless you were married and then you'd have sex there was a change with them where they would do it quietly where nobody would know and then eventually they would okay well let, let's get married like i'm i'm a product of that it's like my mom and my dad they had to get married because i came along i don't have a problem with that because i'm here and i'm fucking doing great so i don't have no, a problem it's with an it. opportunist arrival yeah, yeah. <laughs> the point i'm trying to make is that those things changed the the relationship that people have with sex today has perhaps also changed hmm. and you write about those conversations because you need to have the conversations within your family so that you can figure out what makes sense in then because you might just fucking wake up one day and realize i don't fucking like this person who's been calling me daddy the whole time where did i drop the ball kind of thing yeah. with pornography i think it, it's it's all around us in every way shape or form from the way that somebody's selling a watch to how they display the beautiful clarity on a on a on a super HD TV to the woman selling you this fucking podcast mic the way she holds it in her hand and it's everything essential yeah. about it. I mean, so it's it, it's all around us, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, it's the old adage: is sex sells, and it does. Mm. It always has. We are we are a product of that um, marketing system. We are. We, we we buy everything because it's been sexualized. Mm. We are we are not allowed to ever have an opinion about other people's sexuality. Yeah. And the thing with that is that if we don't have an opinion on it, we don't understand it. And how would I understand it if you can't help me understand it? But I can't you can't teach me what your status is or your understanding is mm. if you can't tell it to me because I can't tell you what mine is. Yeah. And it's difficult to have these conversations with people that are experts on stuff that mm. they know nothing about. And watching porn doesn't make you any good at having sex. Mm. You're watching it, it's fantastic. And, and I always use the analogy of uh, Formula One. I watch Formula One every weekend as, as when I can um, and when it's on. 
and I don't think I can drive like those guys. Yeah. In fact, having been in a car, I know I can't drive like those guys. And it's the same with sex because you see these guys on TV for in an in, in hour, hour and a half. How the hell do you keep doing that for an hour and a half? I'm saying. And, and, and that's unrealistic. And when it's the release, bro, it's like somebody's turned on a hose. Yeah, no, I don't get it. Inadequate, that's how I feel. Absolutely. Like, but then what, what, that's then setting a bar for us that our sexual understanding is always inadequate to what's happening in this perceived perfection. Mm. And the perceived perfection is fake. Yeah. Uh, and the fake is that it's delayed. There's like 12, 15 takes. It's taken them a week to get that hour worth of having sex. Mm. Um, but it's kind of, we now believe that's it. Yeah. Uh, and, and women are going, three minutes, is that it? Jeez, three minutes is hard work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. I also, they come from the, from, from, the other side of the the spectrum when i was younger i had the opinion that i shared the opinion with a lot of other people oh you know this is it, pornography it takes advantage of the woman she doesn't have agency in some way shape or form and in my later years i've been very lucky to be on various sides of the argument um I was responsible for uh, busting the biggest sex trafficking ring before it was known as sex trafficking. And I was part of that investigation and my team and I, we were instrumental in, in bringing down the bad guys. And in that instance, my initial belief was reinforced that this was exploitation. These were women who now no longer could speak for themselves they were caught in this trap and they couldn't get out and i i i felt very strongly that i would not support this industry because i don't want to participate in it and then years later i traveled overseas i went to the netherlands i went to christianistat in in uh, denmark and the netherlands denmark particularly Christian Stadt, which is a which is an old um, military compound which had been taken over by all of these hippies. I got to see people who who were living their life, their way, their reality. And I got to meet some guys who were uh, in the porn pornographic industry. And I was exposed to their thinking. And after being in that space for a week, I was like, okay, cool. So you guys are creating jobs for the for, for, for people in a sector that otherwise wouldn't. But I got to ask though, if you guys weren't here, would they then maybe not work somewhere else? You know, would they not make a different life choice? And, and there is that. And then years afterward, I met a woman who, she's a fairly big porn star, plus size porn star. Um, and she gave me a call. She says, we're coming to South Africa. We're coming to shoot. My crew and I need somebody who can watch the space for us so that we can work without any con without any worries or any consideration that something might go wrong. And they rented a very well-known space in a very well-known building in town. And my guys and I made sure that no, there were no peeping toms and they could go ahead and they could do their business. And the evening we sat down and we had a conversation. And it's like, how did you get into this? You know, why? 
I'm, and I'm expecting this this woman to tell me that she was abused and her mother was an alcoholic and her father was a drug addict and they you know they they sold her into this because they were in debt or whatever. It turns out she's got a PhD in physics and she is a very accomplished uh, classical guitarist. She got into film production. She wanted to learn how to make movies. Then she met somebody who was a pole dancer and then she did a documentary on this person. And they started hanging out in these places that she went to and she liked the freedom of it. She she liked being an exhibitionist. She, she was always ashamed of her body and then she decided to show her body off. And now she is one of the biggest porn directors uh, in the world which again threw the whole fucking thing for a loop for me because I was like okay what you're saying is there are people who are being trafficked into this but there are also people who make this the conscious decision yeah. to go ahead and to do this but I think that you know for, as you say she wasn't happy who's, with who she was but by taking the agency to herself she could lead that as herself Mm. you know she wasn't she wasn't sold out to somebody she didn't sell herself out she chose to be exhibitionist or or to 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 understand that she could take that agency back Mm. and i think that's important important in the understanding of that she's not being exploited yeah she's using something that she has and and selling it Mm. um and i think that if you're doing it creatively and if you're using it as a form of art film work quality film work as long as there's an art to it i i think that there should be some kind of benefit to the industry mm. i think it can help people who are shy it can help them understand the different sexes how you what would appeal to you what wouldn't appeal to you um and, and in that artistic field you know the softer less hardcore versions you can get to understand a little bit of love a bit, mm. of, a bit of making love having sex so the the ability to be uh, at one with somebody yeah you know that kind of thing you, you, you there needs to be more to it than that yeah um, and i think that one of the things that's come up in the last well it's been a while but this this only fans thing where you sell photographs of bits of you or feet yeah. or whatever uh, and i get that women are making money out of it but to me, it's just cheap. You mm. know, it's a, whatever, 99 US cents to subscribe to get my pictures content. You're selling yourself for less than a dollar. Yeah. It's like, like a burger. Yeah. Like a shitty burger, yeah. that, you know. And it's not like you're, you're, you're being, you're not really benefiting the world. It's not art. It's, no, it's just not. cheap shit. And, yeah. and, and again, you know, McDonald's sold a million burgers or a billion burgers. That's fantastic. They're still shit. Yeah. You know, and the problem with that is just because a lot of people buy it doesn't mean it's any good. Mm. And I think that these women are losing their soul. And I think that women especially are, uh, they believe they're taking their own agency in certain aspects, but they're not. They're being exploited. And and the problem with the exploiters, well, here's some money. So if I throw money at you, you'll be fine with it. Okay, yeah, actually, that's fine. Yeah, I think maybe... you know that that sense of of domination. I know there's there's a lot of guys who will listen to this and they're like, "Ah, oh, fuck you!" Yeah, we're talking about you know patriarchy again. 
Um, I know a lot of the, the Jordan, Jordan Peterson followers will maybe feel that way. But there's a, there's a lot to be said for the way the world is set up. You know, there, there, there is a lot to be said for it. Uh, I do think that it is a male-dominated industry. The, the men decide what the fetish is going to be. They decide what a MILF is. You know, a woman didn't decide that. They decide what sells because it's driven by the male hunger for the product. Yeah, I'm sure there are thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of sites that are dedicated towards women. But they, but but even when you find dominance for men. Um, when you when you when you talk about like a, a dominatrix or something, it's still something which is designed for the male pleasure. My that's my biggest problem with it. You know, I'm not saying that people shouldn't uh, look at pornography. I think when you make the conscious choice to to do that, you you need to understand everything about it. Yeah, you need to understand who benefits. You need yeah. to understand who who suffers, who 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 is getting the short end of the stick. You know, for lack of excuse my pun yeah <laughs> you know but but you need to understand that otherwise you're not going to yeah i think it's something that men should talk about i, I don't think men have a, a public opinion about pornography they, they will say stuff to get a rise out of people or be to be part of the boys club but i think that they should have a conversation yeah i think that a lot of the times we are we are still children mm. and we are embarrassed about our distractions and I'm going to keep using that term because that's how I see pornography mm. um, we are embarrassed about it what is your fetish in pornography versus what is your fetish in real life if you have one and the problem is that we would never have those discussions we don't mm. even have those discussions with our partners let alone with our friends male friends or female friends yeah. and, and the problem is that we don't actually have the emotional maturity to have these conversations without it falling into a giggling fit because men are not grown up enough to have these yeah. conversations we're really not but why are we not we've been excluded from a large part of the conversation about women's bodies mm. at, at school when it was uh, biology or, or life sciences it's called now the girls went one way and they were explained to what happened. The boys went another and they explained. We didn't know the difference. Mm. Uh, for myself, I ended up getting, a, I think it was Grey's, Grey's Anatomy, not the TV show, the actual book. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it was illustrations. And I'm like, holy crap, this is all different to what I've seen or to what I understand. But also in my day, nipples had stars over them. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 yeah. and, and, and you never really got to see anything. And they weren't there. actually scratch and sniff contrary no, they, to what they, people used to say. They were not. You messed <laughs> up your magazine and it was terrible. Yeah, I, I remember my mom. How old was I? God, I don't know. 14, maybe 15. And it was a Friday afternoon. I was laying in my mom's uh, room on the floor. Um, my sisters were all young. They were, they were on the bed. And my mom was busy sewing or something, and we were waiting for this show to come on um, Almighty Isis, which was <laughs> actually a show from the 70s. We got it in the 80s, waiting for the show to come on. And there was a scene where this woman was pregnant, and she had fallen or something, and now she was going to 
give birth. And I made a comment where I said, aren't they going to cut the stomach open? And my mom laughed and my sister said, that's not where the baby comes out. She's younger than me, right? She's like three or four years younger than what I am. And she's like, that's not where the baby comes out. I'm like, where's the baby come out? And she says, out of the lady's lady bits, out of her vagina. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it comes out of the lady bits. Yeah. And I'm like, no fucking way. She's like, yeah. I said, that big ass baby's going to come out of a lady bits? She's like, yeah, no, it's going to come out of the... Said, it's going to destroy that shit forever. <laughs> and and my mom was laughing, rolling on the floor or whatever. My mom says, where the fuck do you think you came from? And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to come out of there. You know, and so it was a rude awakening for yeah, me. Yeah. But then... As again, we were excluded from the conversation. <laughs> exactly. We didn't know. And I'm thinking about that now. I'm, I'm, I'm like, that made me never, <laughs> ever <laughs> want to have sex. With any, I didn't want to destroy anybody's junk like that, <laughs> you know. And I got to consider and I got to agree with you that if we don't include everybody in the conversation, you're not never going to get the facts. No. I, I asked, I asked a, our brother Wesley today, he was with me. We went into a really bad neighborhood. We had to go and do a check on something in this neighborhood. We're driving through the neighborhood. And you got your head on on a swivel. You, you you're scanning the whole time, and I and I had this topic in mind for this evening. So I asked him, "What is the conversation that you've had with your sons about sex?" You know, and he he said they were, they would talk about sex and pornography, and and he would make a Martin esque joke. You know, like a Martin Lawrence yeah. kind of joke about it. I didn't make comment on it because I didn't. It wasn't for me to to educate him or to learn from him. I just wanted his opinion, and I and I thought to myself, men have different conversation with their sons about sex and pornography. Yeah, and and men have different conversations with their daughters. Well, that's the difference, isn't it? He's only got sons. We've got daughters, so therefore, us we have a very different vision of girls and the abuse that they could possibly suffer at the hands of somebody so for us it's it's a concern for our future future generations whereas for him they're just boys they do what they do but they if he gets the conversation and has the good conversation with them they won't be the bad boys yeah um but girls don't want good boys. They only want bad boys. Wait, wait, let's save that one for another conversation. <laughs> I think that's, that's going to be another 12 hours of conversation. Yeah, I'm glad that we, that we, that we ripped the band-aid off of this discussion. I, I think um, around the braai or around the bar, the kind of conversations that is had about sex is, it's not real. It's very candid. And, and I don't think that that it should be a conversation that you would have in that fashion because it's such a serious topic. Yeah. I always say to my kids that you don't fall in love with somebody. You decide to love somebody. Once you realize that you trust that person enough, that's when you say, okay, I love this person and I want to share my life with this person or I want to share significant time of myself with this person. So I am comfortable to give of myself to this person that means different things to different people whatever you decide to do that's the point where the conversation should start off from it's like have you made the decision 
do you feel that this person is going to be around and still going to respect you afterwards? If you can't say yes to that, then it yeah. shouldn't. And whether you're a man or a woman, that is what it should be. I think a lot of people would have a lot less hurt uh, in their life. You know, there, there will be detractors who will say, ah, oh, people should just, you know, fall in love and do their thing. But I think it's a serious thing that you have to consider. You know, it's not just something that you should yeah. fucking decide on a whim. You know, my, my daughters are various ages. Uh, Jade is, will probably be married in the next year or so. Sudi is going to be 16. And Cammy's just, be, just become a teenager. So it's various timelines and various ages where this topic has different meanings. And if I find that if you don't engage and you don't have strong support in that engagement, then you, you're looking for a world of hurt somewhere yeah. down the line. I appreciate your time coming out tonight talking about this topic. I think we will probably stir a lot of further discussion, I think, with other people. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I hope so. I'm reminded of the 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 joke that um, Kevin Hart told when he was doing sort of reenacting something from a porn a porn uh, uh, clip that he had seen and he spat on his wife's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Did you just fucking spit on my head?" <laughs> so because he's seen it, so that must be what you're supposed it, to do. It must yeah. be what you're supposed yeah. to. And I promise you, go and find the clip. You fucking crack yourself up. I mean. It's funny as hell. Yeah. Because I'm sure some fucking person has done that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, maybe not like split in his wife's head, but <laughs> I'm sure they've done something like that they've seen in, in, in a porn movie uh, or clip. And hopefully it's encouraged and it's opened up a door for conversation. Yeah. We're like, well, I didn't like it when you did that, whatever. No, yeah. You know, like, where did you see it? I mean, I don't know, for a lot of guys they'll sort of like revert to the inner five-year-old and look at the ground and not fucking answer. I think that the problem is that we are still the five-year-old child inside. Yeah. You know, we really are so puerile sometimes and we really just need to go, let's grow the fuck up a little bit and, yeah. and have these conversations. Mm. And, and the problem is that we don't. And it's easier to be drunk and say stupid shit yeah but other times it's we we need to have the conversation we need to have the conversation on a broader community so everybody can have the conversation not just me and you um otherwise it's not going to help yeah because we've solved every single problem we've ever addressed yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. but nobody else knows about it nobody so it's kind of like yeah oh well brother thank you for joining me again as always it's been a pleasure I think that this uh, opportunity to to start this podcast is going to uh, it's going to grow great. We're going to have some great conversations. We're going to have some some really fucking dumb people come and join <laughs> us, and we're going to have some really smart people come and join us. But I think that's all part of the conversation. That's all part of the growth. Um, I'm I'm about being in a constant state of learnership every day. So I'm hoping that this will facilitate that as well. No, that's great. I'm I'm glad to be here. It's, it's fantastic to finally get on top of this these conversations and get them noted what i would like to say is that i would like to be the dumbest person in the room every day i, I would love to be because it every means day. i'm learning something um so if we can bring smart people in easy uh, it's good for me i'm happy with that yeah.